and welcome to Creating in Color, sharing the creative endeavors of people of color. I'm your host, KB, and today I'm joined with Armando, a program director, athlete, and camop. How are you today, Armando? I'm good, KB. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for asking. So, what is parkour? Oh, man. I knew this question was coming, and it's the only question where I really don't have a direct answer, but I think I do. It's kind of like wide if you, if you want like a little long-winded answer. Sure, why not? So in short, if you were to ask someone what parkour is, it's getting from A to B as efficiently as possible, but like using your body to get from one point A to another point B as quickly and as efficiently as possible. But I think that's kind of outdated. I think it really depends on who you're asking. So like for me, parkour is going through a space vaulting, climbing, swinging, running, striding, jumping, all those movements and finding challenges that push me, push my body, push myself and face fears that I have. And if I were to ask that same question, uh, you know, one of my students or as an example, like a father who is trying to learn parkour, parkour for him might just be, you know, to be able to play with his children. And if I ask a child what parkour is, I'm just jumping around and doing stuff, man. I don't know. So that's kind of my long-winded answer for that. What do you think of how many times parkour is used in like video games, media, animation? It feels like people glorify it and like kind of see it artistically. I don't know. What do you think about that? I personally love it. I don't think parkour is anything new. It's always been there because all I'm doing, and I can only speak from my experience, is I'm just a big kid. I'm doing stuff that I would have done anyways as a child, but, you know, there's a technique to it, so I'm not hurting myself. And that's kind of like what I get from parents who bring me their children or adults. Like, I want to go back to playing or uh, my kid climbs on a bunch of stuff anyway, so why don't we teach him how to do it properly? So I think it's awesome because it's always been there. It just has kind of a name now. You know, it never really needed a name, but it has one now. I remember when I first saw parkour, it was Assassin's Creed. That was the first time I ever saw parkour. I didn't even know what it was like. This is just like my character maneuvering through things. And when I found out that it had a name attached to it, it just started to pop up a lot more. And I think it's great. I think we live in an era where we have a lot of technology and it's awesome. I love it. I can like look up anything I want at the tip of my fingers. But with that ease of access, it's like sometimes we forget we can do stuff physically. For example, when I see people climbing stuff, in shows, I'm like, oh, I know what they're doing. <laughs> I know how to do that. Or when I see it in like a show, even if it's like a cartoon or animation or motion capture, it's cool to see that what I do and what my colleagues do is being used to portray these larger than life characters. I used to think that the things that Spider-Man did or the things that Robin did, they were out of my reach. Like, I could never do that. And that's what a lot of people think. Like, I could never do that. That's crazy. But you can. And that's the cool part. Personally, I get to be a superhero. I have the choice to pretend I'm Black Panther or Spider-Man or Blue Beetle. And I have that choice. And it's amazing because I know that there is a kid who just finished watching a TV show or a cartoon where people are jumping around. And then he sees me on the street doing something like, Dad, look, it's real. And that warms my heart. So in that sense, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. What was that kid voice? <laughs> I don't know, man. I got I got a bunch of voices, but they're not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like old Bobby Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, no, that's Hank Hill. That's not Bobby <laughs> Hill. <laughs>
What does it mean to be a professional athlete? And what is a program director in Camop? That's a tough one. I guess in the fun answer would be I get to wake up and my job is me jumping around. In terms of what it means to... Wow, this one's hard, KB. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> really, really introspective. I'm like really thinking about it. Would it be easier if I asked it like this? What's the difference of seeing parkour as a hobby rather than a profession? So like I said before, when you ask people what is parkour, it really depends on who you're asking. For me, I try to I try to express myself through parkour. So you see a lot of these videos that go viral of these guys doing like big front flips over gaps or they jump buildings or they do these crazy feats and it's amazing and I don't want to take anything away from them at all. But that, that's just not me. <laughs> I find it more as an expression of things that I like. So growing up, I, I watched a lot of anime. I watched a lot of cartoons. I played a lot of video games. And in my heart, I really wanted to be creative. And I didn't know how to do that. I tried like singing and I tried doing all these different things. And pen to paper, painting on a canvas, it just didn't click for me. It just didn't make sense to me. When I try to do parkour, that's my expression. I get to embody the characters that I look up to. When I try to perform, when I try to do things, I try to think about how would my favorite character maneuver through this or if my favorite character let's say I don't know if you've seen Yu Yu Hakusho yes that's, that's my favorite it's a very good anime <laughs> highly recommend I like yeah 100 percent so uh he he's jumping from like tree to tree and he's jumping all over stuff so and he's very um what's the word gloomy no brooding brooding brood. yeah yeah he's, he's he broods a lot you know so let's say I'm I see a spot like the architecture and, and I'm sorry I'm going off on a tangent but even that's fine <laughs> architecture like when I see architecture it plays a really large part in what I'm doing so let's say I'm doing parkour in in a building that has like really gothic architecture I try to make my movement match that as much as I can so how I would interpret that is it's a lot of fast movement. So like he, he's like really dark and brooding. He's moving really quickly. I would try to embody that and try to be really modular, as modular as I could be. Because that's how I see it when I think of dark and, and that kind of like Batman-esque thing. I think of very by the book, like this is how you do it. And so when I move, I try to make it modular like that. When the architecture is like really round and it's really big and it's like really bubbly, I get to like not take my time. But I try to exaggerate my movements to kind of match where I'm at, whether it's I try to, in, in a sense like that, where something's a lot bigger, I think of, okay, what if I was in Bug's Life and this is like a giant beanstalk? How would I scramble up this? It sounds really weird, but it's kind of how I develop my ideas for lines because it's not just going to a spot and I automatically know what it is, I have to feel inspired. It's not like plug this in here, plug in that there, do that there. Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's like, well, I got to want to do it first. Because if you don't want to do something, it shows in who you are and in, in your body language. And if I don't really want to do the thing or I don't feel inspired by the thing or I don't have anything to go by it, like an actor has motivation for their character. If I don't have motivation for what I'm doing there, it lacks substance. And the one thing that I've learned is if I don't like or if I can't find substance or motivation for what I'm doing, then I can't perform. And doing that, that's kind of like the outlet I have for when like we're filming a project for a shoe or another product. 
it helps. It helps because it gives the project a little bit more depth. If I know that there's there's a lot of storytellers who, you know, they flesh out their characters and there's a lot of things about the characters that you don't know that happens behind the scenes. And it helps drive that character forward because you like you don't need to know that, you know, character A likes garlic, but it helps the creator give them direction towards where they want to go. So the same thing with me. If I just need that direction. Like, why do I want to just jump on this to begin with? Like, I don't want to just do it just to do it. I want to know that I can tell a story behind it if I'm filming a project or filming a line or putting it to music or what have you. And I think that that would be the main difference, I would say, is that I try to be as thoughtful as possible. And not to say that the someone who's doing it for hobby isn't, but I also try to keep my body as strong as possible. So I can only do what my body lets me do. I can only go so far as my body lets me. And so if I I don't want to be limited by my body. So the biggest thing, and sometimes it's a trug along, I have to exercise, I have to work out, I have to do all these things. Because if I do have like a vision for something that I want to do, but I can't physically do it, then that leaves me wanting, you know, it's kind of like that piece that's missing. I don't have enough experience in drawing or painting or anything like that, but I'm sure there's something that can correlate to what I'm talking about. It's kind of like if you want to take up sculpting, Mm -hmm. but you don't have clay, but you want to do sculpting really bad, but you don't have clay, but you got to go out and get the clay. But it's not as easy as just getting out, like going and getting it. For me, it's similar to that. It's like if I want to do something and I can't physically do it, I have to work towards it. And then it's a longer process to form the things that I want to do. What is a program director? So a program director, my job is basically to set up a program for parkour that's both engaging and can teach the foundations of my sport as safely as possible, just to give people something grounded to work with and kind of branch out to what they want to do. So whether their goal is, I want to get this move or I want to be able to do this by this time, great, awesome. How can we get you there? How can we get you to where you want to go? Hey, listen, I just want to be able to like maneuver around to be able to do work. And awesome, what do we need to do to get you to that spot? So it's a lot of laying the foundation down, listening to people, talking to people and knowing where they want to be, and then creating a program to get them to that goal. Roadmap guy. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Always important to have a roadmap. Always important. And to know the foundations. What is a cam op? Cam op. I feel, I feel like I'm taking a test. And <laughs> Are you passing or failing? That's the question. You tell me. I don't know. You'll, you'll get a grade at the end of this. Okay. I hope it's a good one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a cam op, short for camera operator, I, I hold the camera. And I am directed as to the line. I'm sorry. It's just it's just like it's it's a that was just such a matter of fact way (laughs) of saying it. I hold the camera. (laughs) So I work with the team. Our name is Squadron and we do parkour and we teach it as well. Another aspect of what we do is we also film ads for different companies. One of our closest companies that works with us is Strike Movement. And a lot of the stuff that we do is based on using our movement to promote the product, right? So what my job is, is I basically film parkour. So if a teammate of mine is doing a line, my job is to make sure that I don't lose them and I'm able to capture the entire line or the whole entire movement pattern and be able to showcase what the product is. So it's not just straightforward as filming a jump, but I work with my DP and we try to get the best shot for it to showcase both the movement and the product. What is DP? 
director of photography. They set up the shot and the idea and the vision of how the project is going to go visually. And they keep in mind of like the lighting and where the subject's going to be entering and exiting. And my job is to listen to that and to be able to take that direction to execute and capture the, the line in question. How did you get started in parkour? Completely by accident. And it just stuck. So I was in college and I was studying film and photography. And I didn't do anything else much with my time. So I moved from Texas and I moved to Ventura, California, and I attended film school. Um, During film school, I worked on a lot of projects. I spent a lot of time in the classroom, a lot of time behind cameras. And after two years, I believe it was, I started to get really burnt out. And it really put me in a bad spot mentally because I rented out a garage and I was trying to save money to go to film school and I was doing it. And over the course of those two years, I went from really loving it and it slowly drained me. It just wasn't healthy for me. My schedule would just be like, go to class. Afterwards, I have a shoot or I either with a project with a classmate or I have to work on something on my own or I have to finish an assignment or edit something. And then I would go to bed, wake up the next morning that happened. And that grind, I just realized that this, I had one instructor, one professor who said, this was kind of like the breaking point, right? So he was a script writer. And he's like, Oh, yeah, like, I worked on this, da, 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 da. And then people were asking him questions. And I was kind of interested too. like, let's see what a real professional is like, like what his schedule is like, is it anything like what I'm doing? And every time he started saying stuff like, oh, yeah, I work on from this to this. And I have a little bit of time and I have to have to immediately work on this other stuff. I was like, so it's basically what I'm doing now, but more hardcore because that's going to be my whole life. And that just kind of hit me. It kind of hit me in a weird way. I was like, is this really what I want to do? He started saying things. And he kind of was trying to flex on the class. Like, yeah, I, like I'm dedicated to this. Like, I don't get out of bed for less than 5,000. And I even missed my son's first baseball game. And in my head, I was like, this isn't fun to me. Like, this isn't. That was one of the things that, like, Peter Pan's son and Hook did not like was that he avoided his baseball game. Did you not see Hook? <laughs> I didn't see Hook. Wait. Starring Robin Williams. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. He sent his uh, assistant to go record his son's baseball game because he couldn't get out of the office because he was busy. No. Oh, yeah, I but remember Captain that. Hooks. Yeah. Captain Hooks staged a whole baseball game where I was like, you did it, Johnny. My <laughs> Johnny. That's a classic. Or my Jack. His name is Jack, not Johnny. My bad. I'm sorry, all you Hook enthusiasts. Wow, you drew that from the depths of my mind. That's just how my brain operates. No, that's great. That's awesome. I think that's that's an excellent trait to have. I do the same thing. When I think of something, I just blurt it out. I don't care. I think that's something you should be proud of, or we should be proud of. I read somewhere that that's something that a lot of creative people do, is that they just need to get it out there. Like It doesn't matter how, in one shape or form, you just need to get what you're thinking or what you're saying out there. It's healthy. Yeah, I agree. So this professor, professional... His hustle life made you not interested. Yeah, it's it's just I do like film and photography. And to this day, I, I like being a cam op because I get to work with people that I, I really enjoy working with. It's a lot of fun. It's not like how that one professor painted it, but it was just a constant theme. It was it's just that the film industry was so cutthroat at the time. And I saw how people treated each other. I would go to film sets as I would be a production assistant at times. And it's just 
I would hear things. So just to fire off a few, like he said, I missed my son's baseball game and I, I don't get out of bed for $5,000. I was like, well, the money sounds great, but I would not want to miss my son's first baseball game at all. Like that's just a hard no for me. Another guy, he was a key grip and he would say things like, oh yeah, I work with this one guy, but I hate his guts, but I send him champagne on his birthday every year because I want him to keep inviting me on jobs. Like that's not healthy. This doesn't seem like an environment that I really want to be around. And I was working nonstop at school for two years and still working on jobs. And at the end of the day, I was like, I need to expand my boundaries because this is all I know. So I, I was trying to find something physical. I've always liked the idea of sports the idea. <laughs> I've always liked the idea of being strong or fast or doing this or doing that. I just didn't know what to do. But I thought that just being physical was a good way to start. That was a good starting point. So I kind of narrowed down like all my hobbies. And it just came down to I like these shows. I like what they do. And I like these movies. I like what they do. And I narrowed it down to okay, I played video games and a lot of video games have this movement and it's called parkour. Awesome. And I found a gym that did that. And the other one's like, well, a lot of things that I like, they also do stuff like fight and boxing. Boxing sounds cool. So it was boxing or parkour. And I literally flipped the coin in my head. I was like, you know what? Let's try this parkour thing. And I did that. And at first, my passion was into like photographing it and doing film for it. And then slowly and surely, I started putting the camera down and I just went into it 100%. And I found that I, it just gave me that creative outlet I was yearning for. It just felt right. Like everything just started to fall into place. And I put down the camera for a few years. And in the past couple of years, I started to pick it back up again. And like, I fell in love with it again, because I, I found what I loved, and I could marry the two together. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> wow, you almost became a boxer. Almost. And I'm glad I didn't because that's a lot of concussions I don't want. Yeah. You know, there's another timeline where you're a boxer and you're like, man, I almost did parkour. That's a lot of broken ankles that I do not want. That's it's funny because I do I do think of that sometimes. I do like the I don't know if you've seen Loki. Okay, we're not we're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna talk about <laughs> it. But anywho, I do think I've always had like that idea in my head. I'm like, wow, I wonder if I'd be any good. I wonder if that timeline would be any good at it. So yeah, yeah, I do think of it from time to time. What does your daily routine look like? It really depends on what I'm doing for the day. So I try to wake up reasonably early, so around 9 a.m. From 9 a.m., I take a moment and I walk my dogs. I walk both my dogs and make sure they do their business outside, not inside. And I ponder on what happened the day before. And not ponder as in something bad necessarily has to happen, but they're like, you know, what did I do yesterday and what can I do today? It's either that or I call my parents because I think that's really important to keep in touch with them. And I do it without fail. Either my parents or my, my younger brother, I just try to keep in contact with my family. And after I finish walking them, I go directly to a workout. And while I work out, as you're going to like tell, it's a lot of trying to multitask or fit a lot of stuff. But I work out and it's either I listen to music or I listen to a podcast that's going to enrich me or just an audiobook or something just something where I can learn from because I've, I've learned that although my start in parkour was doing a lot of movement based on heroes I like or shows that I like as I've grown older a lot of it has been rooted in other areas so for example if I listen to a podcast on racial justice which I do from time to time it inspires me to to move in a different way or to show that 
in a project in the future. So aside from the ads that we film for other companies, we do a lot of projects where we get to express ourselves. So for example, I would try to tie in the idea of racial justice to one of my projects as a secondary visual. So I try to put a lot of myself into the projects that I put out. And in doing so, it gives me a different drive. Although it's cool to be able to move like a superhero, it gives me a, a secondary drive to give the projects that I do more substance. After my workout, it goes right into, again, depending on what the day is, I either would have a shoot where we go out and we either shoot lines, photos, product shots, anything like that. Or I work on programs, so either checking my emails, we also try to film videos and tutorials, or put down lists of exercises and drills that can help improve a person, such as, you know, right now, as an example, right now I'm working on an ankle one, so ankle rehabilitation and strengthening. So I try to work on that or try to learn, right? So again, I always try to give myself something new to learn. So it would be either cross-referencing other books that I have, watching videos that help me understand things better. So as an example, and this is how I spend my time and I find it very fascinating. I don't care if anyone finds it boring. I like it. All right, I'm ready for this. <laughs> I watched a 20 minute video on how an ankle works. It was like an old orthopedist and he was just like, this is your malleolus. This is attached or in between the tibia and the fibula. And I'm like, ah, my malleolus. And I just sit there and I watch it and I just like also write notes down. So I kind of like try to learn as much as I can. This is one example, but I do that and I add it to the programming. And that's kind of how I spent the majority of my day. Afterwards, as night nears, I eat food and I do something that I enjoy, like something that helps me just kind of like think. And a lot of the times that's playing a video game. And although... There was a time where I used to think that would like I liked video games. And then when I went to school, I was like, okay, buckle down. You can't play as many video games anymore. And then it kind of went back to but no, no, that calms me down. It helps me think and it kind of helps me reassess things. And I think it's good to enrich yourself in media of some sort that you enjoy because you need you need a reset. You need you need an outside thing to help you see things differently. And whether I'm playing a story driven game or a puzzle game or something like that. It just helps me think things differently. Sometimes they give me the answers to any troubles that I have during the day. And I think that's really important to kind of like take me out of my own bubble. It helps pull me out of my own bubble, puts me in a different perspective, and it helps me see things from the outside looking in. Or a lot of the times I find like a little nugget where it could be completely outrageous. But just as an example, I could be playing a strategy game and I'm stuck on this puzzle and it'll be something really small like, oh, this turns this way and I solve it. And then I take that and it just kind of gets my brain working like, oh, 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 this is like that, that thing I did earlier, the thing, the thing, it's exactly like the thing. And I go back to it or I try to rearrange stuff. That's kind of how I write down plans. It's like, oh, how I'm working out this tutorial or thing isn't working, but I played the tutorial through this game and I like how they did that. How can I do that and put that in here? You know, how can I make that seamless? Or I like how this person said this word. I'm going to use that word now. And yeah. yeah, and then I just sleep and I do it all over again the next day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. You stay busy. I try to. What are some specific roadblocks you try to watch out for? Complacency. So complacency is a big one. I'm really proud of the fact that I can make a living off of parkour because that's not something a lot of people can say. 
And I'm really proud of that. And I'm really happy for that. And it's not that it's not enough. And it's not that I'm not happy. It's just that there's more that I want to do. So I get to impact a lot of lives teaching this sport. And a lot of the times it's not just about teaching the sport. And it's not just about shooting the video or getting the shot or doing any of that. It's about the people that get impacted along the way. I'm sorry. What was the question again? I lost it. I had it and I lost it. What are some roadblocks <laughs> you try to watch out for? Um, yes. So yeah, it's, it's about the people that impact along the way. So I never, as soon as I get complacent, I'm afraid that I'll, well, as soon as I get complacent, I'll stop growing. And I'm afraid of not growing anymore because it means I can't impact as many people. And what I mean by that is we all go through bouts where we have to be educated about certain things. The biggest takeaway from these last couple of years was equality. And that's the kind of a concept that I try to keep in the forefront of my mind. Like, okay, maybe I'm not as educated about LGBTQ community. Maybe I'm not as educated about equality. How can I be educated more? What can I do to be more educated? Like, because there's now that maybe I didn't know this before, but now that I know that this is a thing in the space of LGBTQ, how can I learn more so that if there's someone in the future who needs an ally, how can I be that ally? That's a really big thing for me because I want everyone to feel comfortable when they come learn from me or when I talk to them or when I interact with anyone or when I put something in a project, I want people to feel included and I want people to feel like they have a place and they can do this too. Because truth be told, parkour is a really white dominated sport. And when I got into it, I wasn't thinking about it at the time. But as I did more parkour, I realized there's not a lot of people that look like me. (laughs) And that's it really like makes you think. And it was the first time I really thought about. So it hasn't been all happy sunshine and rainbows. Like there's been moments where like, is this a sport for me? Like a Latino who's trying to do parkour? Is this something that I can do too? And there wasn't any one that I saw. And so when I try to do a line or a project or something, I try to be as loud as possible because I want people to feel included. And when they take class, I've also had like little girls who are like, I want to do parkour, but there's a lot of boys in the class. And unfortunately, I am also a male, but I try to make it as inclusive as possible, whether it's like asking them, are you okay? Are you having fun? Am I saying something that you don't like? I'm really like, not in their faces, but I try I try to be like, is there any way that I can make you feel comfortable? And if there's not, or if, I, if there's something that I don't know, I'm going to learn about it. And that's what I mean by not being complacent. That's my biggest fear is that I, I'm not like on it. I'm not on my own biases or what I don't know because I work with people all the time and I just, I don't want them to feel like I did. It's an ugly feeling. I don't want them to feel that way. They should feel like they can do this too. Anyone, any sport, any art, they deserve to do things as well. They deserve to see themselves and be like, yeah, I belong. So how would you recommend someone who might want to give parkour a try? So coaching for so long, it's been seven plus years and the sport is really, really young. It's really hard for me to not make this sound like a self plug. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to say and I'm going to elaborate. So the sport's really young and there's a lot of resources out there a lot of resources. And YouTube is a big one because it's a really visual sport. You can YouTube parkour tutorial, you're going to find a bunch of them. I am working on something so that anyone who is interested can jump in and do stuff and be able to start at ground zero. My biggest advice for anyone who wants to, to move is 
find something, whether it's a video game or it's a movie, show, painting, draw, anything that gives you inspiration. Figure out what does that look like to you? What does parkour look like to you? And that's a great starting point. And again, there's a lot of tutorials on how to do this on YouTube. And I'm working on that content as well. But also, you can just start by going outside and moving around, right? So finding a space. And this is like a hard part because a lot of the times people are apprehensive about trying movement type arts. When you have a pen and pad, safety and comfort of your own room. And believe me, I 100% understand that completely. So if someone were to come up to me and ask me, hey, how can I get started? My biggest thing would be, be find a spot that's safe for you, that's secluded, where you feel comfortable if that's what you are worried about. Have a friend go with you, look up a tutorial and find something low to the ground to just climb over something around hip height and work through that. Or not even that, go to a playground and just be a kid again and do it when the kids are in school during the week or something or early in the morning. Just go there and just do what they do. Go down the slides, climb on the ladders, try to do the monkey bars. Even if you can't, just try it out because that's the core basis of it, right? Even going for a hike. I would argue that a lot of things are parkour. And one thing you have to do is to try to find that route. As adults, we lose that childhood whimsy. So this was like a really roundabout way to say it. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) But go to that park and don't be afraid to look silly or to feel silly. If you feel silly, you're doing parkour. You're doing it right. (laughs) It goes for anything. If you try try anything, you have to understand that you're going to I'm going to quote Adventure Time and say the first <laughs> the first step of being good at something is sucking at it. Or sucking is the first step of being good at something. It's just playing. Do the thing. If you think you can climb over that wall, give it a shot as long as you know your limits and you're within your and you feel comfortable doing it. And over time, you'll understand that, you know, this works, this doesn't work, or this hurts. And that'll give you something to work with as opposed to just not knowing where to start. Just start. As you experience these problems yourself, you will find it easier to ask the questions of like, well, what do I need for this? Oh, I try to get over this wall today or I try to climb on top of this thing today. Didn't really work out too well. How can I do this better? That's an easier question to answer for both of us because now you have that starting point. Okay, how to climb over this wall? Or if you ask me, I'd be like, oh, easy, step vault. And this is how you do it. Armando. Yes. What was your upbringing like? Oh, no. (laughs) also you don't have to answer if you don't want to we can skip no i can answer i can answer it doesn't it doesn't bother me when i talk about my childhood or my upbringing it's more so that when i talk about it i I don't say it because i want sympathy okay if i talk about it it's because i wanted to help someone and yes it can get emotional but for the most part i don't mind talking about it at all if i know it's going to help someone which i've done plenty of times in the past It wasn't too good. It wasn't the best in the world. It wasn't happy. A lot of times, like when I tell people about my my past, they're like, I don't know how you are the way you are right now. Like so positive because it wasn't too good. I grew up in East LA in a pretty bad neighborhood. I was inside a lot because there were a lot of things happening around my neighborhood. There was a lot of gang activity. There was a lot of gunshots in the middle of the day. There were drug deals that happened like right outside my bedroom window. It wasn't really a good environment to grow up in. My dad wasn't around as much. And when he was, it wasn't too good. My mom took through other means to try to like cope. And at the time I was by myself. I did have my little brother along a few years. 
my little brother's like three years behind me. I had to grow up really fast to take care of both of us. Not that my mom and my parents, I, I don't want this to also be trashing my parents because like I said earlier, I call them every day because I do believe people can change. And they're the reason why I believe that. They've been phenomenal parents, but they had a lot of learning to do. So yeah, it was basically me and my brother growing up in these neighborhoods. My mom did try her best, but she was also dealing with some marital problems you know, abuse as well. And growing up, my mom's main goal for me was I need to get to school. School was the way out for me. So I didn't get to take any sports or extracurricular activities. I was inside a lot and it was school. Like school was the way out. It was get amazing grades, please go to a good school, get a scholarship. This is the way we're going to get out of this situation. And that's a lot to put on a kid. And I'm a son of immigrants and it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Because I don't believe a seven-year-old should be stressing about turning 18 and being able to provide for his whole family, you know, and that's kind of like the situation I was in. I didn't get to be creative. I didn't get to do any of that stuff because it was taking away from what I could. Like every bad grade I got was a hit. Like it hit harder than anyone else because I couldn't afford it. I could not afford to be bad at school. Doing that and also my trying to shield my brother from what was going on at home, there was nowhere else we could go. So. It was a lot of us staying in our room, and that's when we we consumed a lot. We watched a lot of TV, played a lot of video games, did as much as we could to just like keep ourselves busy inside. And we would like wish a lot of things, like wish we could just go outside, wish we could just play, wish we could do all these things. Over the years, I want to say things didn't get much better until high school. I was doing great academically, and I got into a lot of fights with my parents a lot of fights. I didn't want to be home. I fell into a lot of depression. I was around drugs and alcohol a lot, whether it was from friends or family. It was just I was around it nonstop. And it gave me just a disdain for a lot of things, fell into depression. And it put me in a really bad spot where I didn't want to really go on. As I kind of went through those hurdles, there was a breaking point during high school, I got accepted into a new high school. And it was because of my grades. And they promised me an associate's degree. There was this program where I could have an associate's degree and graduate high school at the same time, which would take a load off of any financial things moving forward once I graduated. And I got in. It shouldn't be but that's kind of like I didn't have time for anything else. But that was like my biggest win. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if the universe just said that's enough. But there was one point where I just kind of like cracked and my parents kind of got the message. They themselves like they saw that I was making such an effort. And at the time, like I had that weight on my shoulders that I felt like I could say my piece. I finally found a voice with my own parents. Like I finally stood up to them. And it was at that point that they started to change. They started to, you know, take more responsibility for things that they did to me and my brother. And that was like going into high school. And through high school, it was just like a lot of healing, a lot of that. And I finally got to kind of branch out. So it was in high school that I got to explore more avenues, which is how I got into film and photography. Because in my head, I rationalized it as, darn it, I should have started drawing earlier. I should have started doodling. You know, like, I suck. I, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. It was just like I'm only good at school, like my brain's all that. And it was just like a lot of that self-defeating thing. But I found photography and film and, and that was what I thought was going to be 
what I wanted to do. So I had that little bit of freedom. But I think I think I was really behind in terms or maybe I was right on track. I don't know, dude, like kids are weird and they come in all shapes and sizes. So did I, (laughs) I guess during that time, it was just like a lot of healing with my family and me trying to find out what I wanted. So I didn't really get a thought as to what I really wanted to do because growing up, it was like lawyer, doctor, that's it. That's all you got, man. That's all you got, kiddo. And then I finally had a choice thinking about it. It was that's kind of how it was. I, I got to finally be my age. I finally got to act my age when I got into high school. So they got a little bit better. But even now, even like to this age, we're in a way a better position. But it was it was a lot of years of just being down at the bottom and then just trying to climb out as best as I could. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. That's why like it's when I say I don't believe it because statistically I shouldn't be here, you know, but I'm grateful. I have a firm belief that people learn from their parents and their upbringing in one way or the other. And either they imitate Mm -hmm. what their parents did or they try so far to become the opposite of it. And damn, son. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Damn. It's a lot. Like I under, I, I get that, it, that it's definitely a lot. But truthfully, the only reason, again, I, I don't say it because I want sympathy or pity. I've had 20 plus years to have that. Truthfully, it's, I am very, I try to be very outgoing. I try to joke a lot. I want people to feel comfortable because I know what that's like. I want people to be able to choose their path because I know what it's like not to have that. And truth be told, like, let's say you said, you know what? I don't want to do a podcast anymore. I want to open up a bakery in the middle of Washington. I don't know why I picked Washington, but I don't know why you did either. But I like that you remember bakery. Yeah, but if, if you want to make a bakery and you're like, I'm gonna drop everything, be a bakery. I'm like, KB, I'm your first customer. I am gonna be your biggest fan because everyone needs one. Like everyone needs that belief. And although I didn't have it as much, even when I started parkour, I wasn't good at it. Ask anyone. I was not good at parkour. But knowing now, I I feel like. Now, if I had videos and you compared them side by side, you'd be like, oh, goodness, that boy does not know how to walk down the street. And now (laughs) (laughs) it's like night and day. And I I think that's what I take most pride in. And I think that's why I try to do these projects, although maybe the projects don't make any monetary value. They're passion projects that can help someone and have them understand, hey, you can do what you want to do. Just you just got to want to do it. It's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason because it's true. Do what you want to do. Do it whenever you want to do. It's never going to be right. Just do it. Learn along the way. Make the mistakes. Love it. And it'll take care of you. It really will. Outside of parkour, of being a program director in a cam op, what other hobbies, side hustles, or interests do you engage in? All right. <laughs> um. <sighs> Dude, my life is so much parkour that I try to, there there are moments, not a lot, but there are mo- moments where I try to find things that are completely unrelated that I just need to, I just need to do this. <laughs> One of them is uh, cooking. I really love cooking. It's awesome because it can be an accident and it can be delicious or it's an accident and I don't want to eat it. What <laughs> <laughs> so cooking is a big one for me and I really like cooking. I think I take after this from my mom 
she loves to feed the world and I kind of understand why now. It's a lot of fun to be able to feed people and have them like enjoy food with you and talk and just laugh. It's great. It's awesome. And then the other one is I really like learning about finances. Hmm. Okay. And money management and all that stuff. Only because this kind of stems from my childhood. Like we didn't have a lot. I didn't learn much about money managing. And I don't think a lot of people in my demographic learned a lot about money management either. And when I started moving out by myself, which was like 17, 18 or 17, I didn't know what credit was. <laughs> I don't know why I needed it. I don't know who could give it to me. I don't know how you would accrue it. I like learning about finances. So learning about what an AP what APY is learning about different types of loans and which ones benefit you, which ones don't, why you should pay off your credit card each month, knowing what a 401k is, a Roth IRA, stuff like that. It's fascinating to me. And I also had to do it because at at one point I was struggling a little bit financially. And so I had to tighten my belt. But by doing that, I learned a lot about how far a dollar can stretch or Mm. what you can do to not be in those situations anymore. So those are the two things that are like kind of keep me sane. <laughs> Dude, I also play video games and watch anime. Those are also two things that are like keeps me happy. <laughs> nice. Besides Yu Yu Hakusho, what other anime do you like? I watched this anime unironically and I really love it. I didn't know I was going to. It's called Kuroko's Basketball. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. I think it's new. It's a basketball anime. Oh, basketball. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, what? And, and I, I told myself, I'll watch it. This thing's got one episode because they got volleyball animes. They got swimming animes. Let me see what this one's about. Let me see. Let me see if, if it'll just get me. And within the mm-hmm. first episode, I related so much to the main character. I was like, no, no, no way. No way. I was like, <laughs> oh, I got stuck. I got hooked. I got hooked. Started binge watching it. That's like, that's up there now. It's stuck up there. I love that one. Yep. <laughs> got another one. <laughs> what do you feel are the next steps in your journey? So when I teach a class, I get to help dictate what they learn for the day. So my creativity comes from having them do courses. And some of the courses I do for my students, like, okay, so today's theme is you're legit going to be Spider-Man and we're not going to touch the floor. Stuff like that. That I enjoy and I love it. But the problem with that is that I only get to impact a small amount of students like whoever is in that class you know that's the only people I get to impact I want to scale that and make it larger so in my collective uh, we do online programming and that way I can reach a larger audience and hopefully one day I'm able to well not hopefully I want to do this regardless it's going to happen do or die it will happen I want to open up a space with my team I've, I've always coached in other people's gyms or taught in other people's gyms and it's time for me to have my own space where I can really have more control over what happens, you know, and be able to reach a a larger, the community. Like I want to help communities. So that's the next step. (laughs) Yeah. Let me know if you need a bakery in that gym. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would be, I'd probably, I'd probably be there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now is the time for rapid questions. Or I'll ask you a series of this or that or yes or no or whatever kind of question, really, at the end of the day. Uh, and you answer as soon as possible. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to be so indecisive. I'm going to oh, be decisive. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Morning or night? Uh, morning. 
pepperoni pizza or cheese pizza? Pepperoni. Mm. (laughs) Why are you judging me? I don't (laughs) (laughs) know. No, never. Um, Soda or juice? Uh, uh, Soda. What kind of soda? Uh, Mountain Dew Code Red, but I don't have that often. Probably like once a year. It's really good. I love it. Dang, look at you. Mountain Dew Code Red. I don't think I've ever had that. I've it, had Mountain Dew. It has like a different... I, I went snowboarding once and my friend bought like a case of those. And this was like when I was in, in high school. And I drank it all. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I feel like drinking Code Red Mountain Dew while snowboarding is the exact commercial they had for <laughs> that soda. I don't know. It just feels like that would be it. <laughs> That you know what I think they should hire me, man. They should let me they do that. <laughs> Television series or a movie? Oh no, KB, don't do this. Uh, Rapid n- question. Um, uh, movie, 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 movie. Comedy or drama? Comedy. Comedy or horror? Horror. Okay, I have no more followers. <laughs> <laughs> what about movie ver- or a video game? Ah, video game. It's a movie you can play. I'm going to die on that hill. (laughs) (laughs) Toilet paper goes over or under? Ah, okay. It goes over at home. It goes under in businesses. What? Yep. If you go to a business and you look at how their toilet paper is, you'll see that it's under because that's like, that's how the mechanisms like feed it down. Why would they make faulty mechanisms? Listen, I don't know. I just learned that last year. And so now when people ask me that, I'm like, nope, there's a reason for it. It goes under. Actually, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I was thinking paper towels. Mm, there you go. Ah, I was wrong. Okay. There you go. So, yes, toilet paper is over. And then paper towels and those dispensers go under because that's how they're fed through. That's, I suppose, is acceptable. But toilet paper... <laughs> Over. It has to be over. It just has to be. I'm not a barbarian. Exactly. <laughs> cake or pie? Um, cake. New phone or new laptop? See, the uh, the frugal in me wants to say neither, but if I had to pick, I'd say new laptop. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. How about spend your money or save your money Sa- after that new laptop? <laughs> save my money. <laughs> Give me a word that starts with the letter T. Uh, uh, teal. No. What? Did you say teal. I said teal. Fine. <laughs> Did it not fine. count? No, it's, it's fine. It's counts. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> That's fine. I just said teal. You said no. Okay. <laughs> I. <laughs> Thank you so much, Armando. We're speaking with, I'm just going to bail. I'm just going to run away and escape. No one look at me. No one shirts for me. Uh, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Do you have any social media you would like to share with us? Um, you can follow me at King Kilimando on Instagram. And you can follow my collective at Squadron with a V instead of a U. <laughs> oh. Way to switch it up on folks. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, the listener, for tuning in. 
Please follow Creating in Color on Instagram and Twitter and feel free to submit any questions for upcoming guests through our social media or creatingincolorcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in following me, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and twitch.tv at Maybe It's KB. Thanks to Name Kaze for creating the ending theme. You can find more of his music on the SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Kaze. That's N-A-M-I-K-A-Z-E. Thanks to Ghost for editing this episode. If you'd like to check out his retro game streams, feel free to head over to twitch.tv slash Ghost. Thanks to everyone for sharing Creating Color with their friends, family, and co-workers. We really appreciate any word of mouth or even to help push our hashtag on social media, hashtag creating and color cast. If you're interested in supporting us, you can find us on Kofi. I'm, I don't know how you pronounce Kofi. it. Coffee? Coffee? I think it's okay. coffee. I think it's coffee too, but then I also think of lo-fi, so I get confused. Kofi. Yeah, it's like lo-fi, but it's like they put coffee cups everywhere, so it's like coffee. Anyway, we're on that, on this mysteriously, mysterious pronounced website. You can find us at coffee.com slash creating a color. Before we wrap up, do you have any departing words of wisdom for everyone listening? If you're looking for a sign to do the thing you want to do, this is the sign to it. Well said. Love it. (laughs) Thanks so much. This has been Creating in Color. Keep striving. Keep trying. Keep creating. Bye. Do do I say bye? Bye.